Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby Round 4 review. Um, and boy, did we have a host of different types of games. Definitely had some upsets in there, along with a few that I think we all called. Um, but uh, yes, hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving More. Your best pleasure, predictions and opinion. And joining me this evening to take you through all of the action is Mr. Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Very good, thank you, Paul. And once again, a very good evening uh, to all your uh, your viewers on the TDM. It's always a privilege and a pre pleasure once again to be on uh, this particular show. So we kicked off on Friday night with the um, the Crusaders versus the Highlanders. Um, this one finished 33-13. Um, um, I think pretty much what we were expecting from this game, wasn't it? The Crusaders uh, cruising on. Um, with their, their their normal style. I mean, this was won pretty much in the first half. Um, and I think some worrying signs for the Highlanders, because for me, they just they just don't trust each other on defence at the moment. Yeah, there was some, you know, there was some pretty ineffectual tackling. And, and, and that, unfortunately, that's been, even through their pre-season games, it's something that they haven't really sorted out at this point of time. What are we, four rounds in? You think they would, would have pretty much got it got it right by now and they're just yeah there's just probably not you know even in terms of attack not quite enough polish you know they, they make they make these breaks and a lot of those breaks were, were, were made in and around um, Aaron Smith and I know you'll get to the attack side soon but uh, you know when you're playing a team like the Crusaders you got to take those opportunities you do and I think for, for me Aaron Smith in this one was going uh, was going full on Sergio Perezzi as in I'm going to do it all myself um, kind of thing. The guys around me aren't quite good enough, so I'm just going to so I'm going to make the extra effort and try and pull off the miracle. Um, there were times when a, a funny grubber through um, to the right, which when he could have passed the left. Again, another grubber through when he should have passed the left. Um, yeah, Aaron Smith seems to be just trying a little bit too hard at the moment. Yeah, I, I, listen, I recall that occasion. I think he had um, Jack Whitten on the inside. Jack still had a good 15 or so metres to run, but the reality is. If he got taken in the tackle, support gets there, quick ball again, and you keep that opportunity. You know, we all know that a kick ahead sometimes can be a, a bit of a 50-50 play. And on both occasions, he not he not didn't just once, he did it twice. Mm. And, um, you know, even if you think around about the 65th minute, you know, they were still in the game. They were, they, it was still a two-try score game. But, of course, you know, not taking those opportunities uh, took their toll. But credit to the Crusaders, they... They defended extremely well during that time, even though they made a lot of changes. Yeah, it was 71% tackling for the Highlanders at the 25-minute mark. But also, for one of the tries, you saw Goodhue um, get to his man, and then Kieran Drani comes in as well to make sure Goodhue gets tackled. But Goodhue offloads, and suddenly the guy on the outside that Kieran Drani is supposed to be marking is free and gone. Mm. And it's that kind of thing that they've got to sort out um, is that, yeah, don't dive in to help somebody because you think they're going to miss a tackle. Yes, tackles are getting missed, but stick on your man, keep the allocation right. Otherwise, you're going to get ripped to pieces, which is what really kind of happened. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's that's a real good point you make, uh, Paul. One of the real features I thought of the Crusaders was not only were they getting in behind the um, the Highlanders, and of course they were getting in behind because they were just getting so many offloads away. Guys were able to stand the tackle, get the offloads away. And if you give, you know, if you think the likes of Moanga, um, <clears throat> Moanga, you've also got uh, Goodhue and, and guys like Enor, you know, they all 
punch at the line very, very hard. They hit the line very hard in the case of Jack Hugh, Good Hugh's got that offload. Um, you know, we saw one of the tries from Corey Taylor. Once again, Cody Taylor, beg your pardon, come from an offload as well. So, yeah, there's a pattern there, isn't there? There is, but yeah, and you also, also to, be, to be fair, seeing the, the Crusaders also butchering a few opportunities. Again, um, Habili, he had Reese on his right, but instead tries the uh, double miss pass over to um, Bridge um, on the left, which is a bit of a miracle pass. Didn't come off. Now, when you're already 26-8 up, it's not the end of the world. But, um, yeah, the Crusaders also did leave points out there this um, that, that, that evening uh, that, uh, as, as well. Yeah, um, just... Couple of, the, the players that really did impress me, it's it's those it's, it's those, those loose forwards for the Crusaders, who oh. we thought well, no, I, well, no, I, I said that there would, there would be question marks around that area because he'd lost um, uh, Tafua, uh, uh, Reed, and um, I've gone blank. I want to say Crossy, but it's not Crossy. Who's the other? Yeah. Who's the seven that's gone? Matt Todd. Um, yeah, Matt Todd. Yeah. So he missed those three. Massive amount of experience and, 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 and quality players, uh, but the guys who have come in have stepped up and played really well. Um, Grace and um, Blank, who the, who the seven is. Christy. Christy, Christy. Does, um, both had really good games. Saunders did, 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 uh, didn't do anything wrong at eight as well. Um, and those guys, yeah, they, they've really have stepped up and in, into some really big shoes. Yeah, crazy, crazy Paul. I, I always wondered about Tom Christie when I saw him running around, for, obviously former New Zealand under-20 player, when he was running around for Canterbury. I really didn't know if he was the... Was the full deal, if you know what I mean. But he just looks like he's grown another leg and another arm, and he's basically pretty much said to Billy Harmon, "Yeah, you might be coming back from injury, but you're going to have to work to get this number seven jersey." Now, I, I saw a stat where he's made an incredible amount of tackles, and I think he's only missed two tackles this season. So just really accurate on the tackle. Probably doesn't get the same number of turnovers as Matt Todd, although I do recall. Uh, one game previous where he got up, he was able to latch, might have been against the Blues, where he was able to latch onto a lot of ball. Callum Grace has been a, a revelation. Um, kind of reminds me of the old Andy Earl, almost Todd Blackadder type player. You know, just gets in and just works hard all day, but also can put a lot of pressure at line-out time. But the guy, who, another guy who's found a level is Tom Sanders. You know, I always thought he was like a bits and pieces type, uh, great great guy to have in the squad. But, boy, he's lifted his game to another level. Well, it helps when everyone else is doing the job around you, right? And let's be and, and something that Blues fans are going to be absolutely pulling their hair out. So here's that um, Moana wasn't kicking. Havili um, <laughs> did his leg and stopped kicking. But, hey, that's your first and second choice kickers out the way. Who cares, though? Because, hey, Hall will kick, as, kick absolutely fine. And then Drummond will come on as the fourth choice kicker and knock them over too. Yeah, you get for one guy to make, get, get kicks over. The, the the Crusaders already have four. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. I think I might have messaged somebody about that as well. Here they are. The Blues can't seem to find one half-decent goal kicker that can knock over, knock over kickable penalties or points on offer. And these guys are rolling out Good grief, arguably the blooming fourth and fifth <laughs> goal kickers. It's absolutely crazy. But um, from what I'm un I understood, I did a bit of research in and around Mitchell Drummond. Now, apparently he's always kicked goals. He kicked goals at school, but obviously he's been playing for teams that have had more established goal kickers. And uh, I think Bryn Hall showed last year doing during Mitre Team Cup, he's, he's more than handy. Yeah, the, the Chiefs says those Crusades were on another level. Someone needs to check their salary cap. 
Exactly. Um, <laughs> Um, a couple of Highlanders I do want to talk about. But we, I've already had a go at Aaron Smith, but to be honest, when he was on the pitch, they looked much better. His passing is out in front. Apart from him trying to do too much, his game is on song. You notice that when Hamilton came on, you, felt, you, you could see these, 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 these bright white arms stuck in the air as players were having to reach well above their heads to catch passes that Hamilton was, was throwing out all over the place um, at them. And that made a big difference. So you, can, you, could, you could tell uh, when Hamilton came on. But the player who did who is impressing... Um, is Nariki, the winger um, for the Highlanders. Boy, he has got some skills. I thought he was off, off the Sevens programme, but it's good to see him playing some um, some Super Rugby after a good season with Otago. Oh, he's, a, he's a very tidy footballer. The other little added bonus that he's got, he's got a very good kicking game as well, Paul. He can, for a little guy, he can really carve off some metres. Great finish, I mean to say. The, the try that he scored, brilliantly finished. I thought, you know, and really deceptively, de- deceptively strong. I, th- I thought he was, I thought he was very good. I thought Michael Collins at the back, without showing a, a hell of a lot in, in attack, pretty much diffused most of the high kicks that that came his way. But it, it kind of is a little bit of a sacrifice with Michael Collins. You, you probably, you probably sacrifice a little bit of attack by having some, the likes of Josh McKay on the on the paddock. Paul, a player I just want to really touch on is, is Shannon Frizzell. Um, he frustrates me a little with his uh, with his discipline at the minute, giving away a lot of penalties. There was one penalty penalty at the breakdown area where he just really didn't retreat, and it was there. The ball was there. The Highlanders had defended. They'd actually put in a, a good um, period of defending, and it was lazy. He was just absolutely lazy, and then of course it was round off also with a with a yellow card and a lifting tackle. I think it was a clean-out clean out tackle where he lifted a guy. You know, it's, it's just not good enough. He kind of reminds me of Via Fafita at the moment. We know what they're capable of, but there's, unfortunately they carry a lot of baggage in, in and around discipline, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, and Frizzell you, really does need to sort, sort that out. Um, there's a question in the chat, which is, um, does Aaron Smith have another Rugby World Cup in him. <laughs> that is a very, that is a very good uh, that is a very good question based on all the halfbacks that we're watching at the moment. Of course, he does. Yeah, yeah, he's thirty-one, so he is going to be definitely at the older end of it. Um, so, but uh, I, I, I think the All Blacks. Well, if he's in the All Blacks squad, um, come the uh, come the Rugby Championship, then yes, the All Blacks do think he's got another. Rugby World Cup in him. Yeah, if he's yeah. not, um, and you see him just playing for the Highlanders from now on, then the answer is no, he doesn't. We'll have yeah. to see. But uh, I, I think the All Blacks think that think he does. Um, then on Saturday we kicked off with an early game with Rebels versus the Sharks. Um, you could see the Sharks' uh, intent very early on with their tap and go um, on the on the halfway line uh, and the. Um, uh, the and um, but they were making some kind of early errors. I mean, Mapimpi um, dropped the ball off a scrum and a few other things that really held them back. They definitely shelled a few points before they even picked up. Even though they scored on the first four minutes, they, they already had, had given away or already given up points that they could have scored. Um, but this is turning into a, a, an impressive outfit by the Sharks, isn't it? Oh, it, it looks good. And listen, the, the return of I must mention the return of Kew and Bosch as well. He just 
it just lets, brings a little bit of uh, stableness and subtleness to this uh, the Sharks team. I mean, the crazy thing about it, um, really, the, the Rebels had the perfect start to the second half. Two, two yellow cards within the space of uh, four minutes to the Sharks, but they really just, really, obviously, they, they scored a, a Nasserati scored a little bit later on, and at 17-22, you thought that they they would come back in the game, but the problem is they, they really didn't capitalise on on those two cards. Um, pretty much, the, the Sharks pretty much got themselves together and just finished the, too strong over the Rebels. Just, just a little bit too much class, in my opinion, Paul. The, um, yeah, and but the, the Sharks have had class um, for a couple of years now. What they've showed this year, though, is they're enjoying their rugby. They're, just, they're not fearing their rugby, which I think we've, we've seen under the previous regime. Actually, they're enjoying it under this regime. Um, we saw Mapenti turn down a the um, uh, hat-trick to, to give um, Kuren Bosch a score, um, and that probably was because Kuren Bosch had been back to South Africa for bereavement, and so it's kind of like, um, so, so it was one, it was, uh, so I think that's why he did it. And when he got a, a team that's together like that on and off the pitch. Um, you, you're going you're to actually enjoy playing with each other. You're going to see them um, performing much better. Now, it helps they have got world-class out wide, um, let's be honest, uh, and a decent pack. The only question mark really is around Kerwin Bosch staying healthy, to be honest. They're a little bit thin in that area. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, they, they are looking like one of the... Um, teams that is, is is a real contender this season and honestly I didn't have them down as that pre-season yeah no listen I, I, I certainly go along with that and I think the other the other crazy thing about it Paul if you, you pretty much look through the packs apart from uh, the toy the, the the tight head prop you know there's there's a lot of unknowns in that pack as well I mean to say they don't have the Dupria boys if you remember he used to basically bash every, everything mm-hmm. and anything um they're they're, they're pretty much gone, but you know, there's a lot of unknowns in that pack and young side. They're only going to get better. Josh is saying, he's uh, someone's hoping up. We, we would skip through the game review for this one um, because, yes, from a Rebels' point of view, they have been very disappointing this season. I mean, losing to the Sunwolves first up was um, uh, was was really bad. Um, they've only had one win, which was over the Waratahs, who haven't won a game all season. Um, the it was just a static defence against an aggressive attack and that that backs line shouldn't be static they've got real nice footballers in there Dane Helmut Petty um, and Tom English is, is a good player uh, the um, but some um, but they just don't have that nine and ten to run them around the park yeah well any, any team that's got Corabetti in their team for crying out loud get, get get him in space and get the ball in his hands if crying out loud really um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't quite get what they're what they're actually all about or what they're trying to achieve. It just looks they look disjointed, Paul. Mm. And they've got, like I say, they, they've, they've got nice players in there, but they yeah, they just don't have. Um, yeah, they, they, they say they, they look disjointed. Even when they got back into it at seventeen twenty-two, um, we just saw the sharks go through nine, nineteen phases um, and eventually go over. Um, mm. So yes, the. Um, but we have Batman um, has said in the live chat that apparently Bruce Wayne is going to buy the Rebels, and I think I'm not. I think he's joking with that one. The, um, <laughs> the Batman there, but uh, that's, yeah, sure. Oh, that's the Joker. They, um, yeah, the, the Joker. Joker. <laughs> um, so the 
Uh, Jordan Clark, yeah, AIU should have got rid of the, uh, rid of the force, the Bet Rebels rather than the force. Yeah, we could go back over that one. Um, but at the end of the day, let's be honest, it came down to the fact that the AIU owned the force where they would have to have bought out the Rebels to, uh, and, and hence it was a financial decision, not a rugby decision um, yeah. at the end of the day. Paul, I was about to say, one of the disappointments about the Rebels, there's a, there's a lot of established guys there. Mm. Billy Meeks, Tom English, Cora Bitti, Haylett Petty. They've been around this, this. They've been around the side for a while, you know. Philip and, and the Pat Nasarani. He's he's been running around with these guys for a while. It's not as if there's a uh, uh, Ainsley the uh, tight head prop. I look, look through this roster, and there's not a hell of a lot of these guys that are, that are basically new to uh, to Super Rugby. Uh, Cottrell in the reserves, uh, Rangi the hooker. He was always talked about as a possible Wally, Wallaby hooker. Down the, down the track, so yeah, something's something's awry there, isn't it? Yeah, and Vessel Vessels is someone who, when we lose with the force, um, there were various people saying, oh, this, he 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 could be a future Wallabies coach. I don't think anyone's saying that now. Um, the I, you, you look at that lineup, and the the TAB looks at it and made the Rebels favourites going into that game. You could get the um, get the Sharks at two dollars. Well, I got the Sharks at two dollars, mm. um, which seemed crazy to me at the time. But there you go. Um, after that game, we headed over to Hamilton for the Chiefs versus the Brumbies. Now, coming into this game, the Australians were 0-7 and seven from um, games between Australian sides and non-Australian sides in Super Rugby. I think pretty much everybody had them down as being 0-8 and eight coming out of this game. But boy, the Brumbies turned up, didn't they? You and me both, Paul. I remember we kind of did the... Um... We did the review show for the weekend last Thursday, and uh, preview show. No, we we didn't we didn't the preview show. We didn't give them pittance to be uh, to be brutally honest. Boy, what do we know? Because uh, I reckon that first half was about as good. Listen, I know the Chiefs made some made some changes based on the you know based on the fact they've won three games. Coach Gatlin probably thought, well, here's an opportunity to rest some guys and try some other guys. So even if we discount that, I reckon that first-half performance was as good a performance from an Australian side. I think I'd have to go back to the year when the Waratahs were leading the Crusaders, something like about 25-8 at halftime in Christchurch. A very, very good half. And I, I thought to myself at halftime, Paul, can they sustain it? Because we know the Chiefs can be a second-half side. Sometimes we saw that against the Blues uh, in, uh, in, in round one. And against the Crusaders in um, in round two. Yeah, yeah, ab- no. ab- absolutely, very much, very much, um, very much so. But given the week that they had in and around, you know, well publicised, um, you know, the team had a had a, had a case of uh, the mumps going through this outfit. But you know, you you sort of once again go through this. Um, you go through this side. Yeah, there's some experienced guys here, and and Bex and Muirhead and Kundrani in the back line and Powell at halfback. But the rest of them, man, Cutter, new to Super Rugby, former Warrior, mm-hmm. took his opportunity. But man, I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm very impressed with the um, with the first five. Uh, Lolly Seal at at the minute, only a young guy, but boy, ran the Cutter really really well. And um, that try that Cutter. Uh, scored, you know, it was some nice manipulation, which which basically caught the uh, Chiefs' winger out. I forget who that was, but that was just that was just a superb try. Yeah, well, I mean, Batten points out that Gatlin's got uh, and he's got some like three wins out of fifteen games against Australian sides, um, and you got to remember at least one of those, or sorry, two of those were with the uh, British and Irish Lions. Um, so, but 
I don't think we can blame Gatland on this one. The Brumbies came out with a set game plan to hold on to the ball, and they did it extremely well in that first half. The the, the, the Brumbies, no, sorry, the Chiefs didn't touch the ball for the first half hour, um, and playing that kind of keep ball is difficult to do, but the Brumbies did it very, very well. Um, now, perhaps they didn't get, get the points they needed or they deserved in that first half, um, but that's that, that first try in the second half really... Um, where they made the most of mismatches was really good, um, and yeah, they was it was a, um, a very impressive type, uh, team. And by the time the Chiefs were coming back, it was all too little, too late, really. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Paul, I was going to say one, you know, like most games, they they all start up front. But gee, I was really impressed with uh, with James Slipper. The amount of touches that he was having in terms of carrying in that first half was very, very impressive. I know he ended up picking a, picking up a yellow card. I've got to say, are the LL Tour brothers, I know one, one's playing for the, for the Crusaders and one's playing for the Brumbies, but, man, I don't know who their dietitian is, but, boy, aren't, aren't those two boys looking in really good shape at the minute? Yeah, no, that's what they are. And he's, he's also captaining the side for the Brumbies as well, which is really, really good. Um, I guess a, a couple of things about the Chiefs. Um, this was a very, very different Chiefs team. Okay, I mean Ben Darwin actually posted that. So sort of said, "Oh yeah, that that the, the, the Brumbies haven't beaten a good team." So I said, "The Chiefs." So that wasn't a good Chiefs side they put out. Now, it's a very different Chiefs side because um, tactically, I mean, it was Boshier, Carpick, and um, Sam Kane as your six, seven, eight, which is pretty much three Lucys. You change that up to um, uh, to oh, I've gone blank. Jake, well, Jacobson, who went off, Jake, Jacobson Jake, went off yeah, injured, yeah. was replaced quite early by Carpick. But then Carpick sort of played the full, the full 80. But yeah, so basically Jacobson, um, Kane, and um, Solikula, is it? No. Yeah, Solikula, yeah. Solikula. Yeah. Um, now, Solikula's been coming off the bench and being, and being re- really destructive against tired defences. But starting it, that's a 6-7-8. As a proper 6, a proper 7, and a proper 8. It's a very different dynamic, um, a very different style that the team's got to change to. Uh, and they just didn't do it. Paul, Paul, here's a question from you, and I don't know if maybe one of our viewers would send a question in, but I just thought there were a couple of times there when there were points on offer from the kick off the tee. Um, I, I just kind of wondered, and it was 26-14 at the time, boy, you kick a couple of penalties and it's 26-20, then there's a Hail Mary right at the end, but I just think one of the real key things for the Chiefs was um, all, of, all of a sudden... They started their lineup, went 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 astray. There was only about two or three three of them that went astray, but they were crucial. There was even one where they kicked to the corner, if you recall, and they actually lost it. They lost their own throw, and I think that was pretty much. I think that's when you knew knew that pretty much the game was up. Yeah, no, true. Um, look, we've seen with the Hurricanes who had a bad opening game, and then have gone on to look really good since then. One game does not define a season, folks. The Chiefs have got a weekend off as well. So, yeah, they'll be back. Um, but, um, but, yeah, it just shows that they're not um, unbeatable, basically. Um, we follow that one up with Reds versus Sunwolves. Um, now, talking about unbeatable teams, um, the Sunwolves are not on that list, are they? Let's be blunt. Um, <laughs> no. My, my notes on this one are very, very brief. Basically, an early blitz by the Reds, and then it was all over. And I just, well, I stayed up and watched it, but I didn't really pay any attention, to be honest. No, you, you did you did really well, but I, <clears throat> but I have I think I might have said to you in the in the preview show, the Reds are one of those teams. In their first two games, they were a little bit 
little bit stiff and, and, and discipline had let them down. This time they, they pretty much got got everything right. All the all the passes were sticking, all the little bit of lucks were going and to be honest that that start they got off to, I think it pretty it pretty much put the Sunwolves on 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 the back foot and uh, you know, once once again maybe a little bit of discipline as well from the, the Sunwolves giving away all of a sudden when you got that much ball you start giving away penalties. And um Unfortunately, for the Sunwolves, they are pretty much a when you look at them, a United Nations type type team, and, and probably in the first few opening rounds, they've probably played above their station. But we always know with the Sunwolves, the test is when they they basically get on the road and they well and they were well and truly had the confidence knocked out of them. I think they got might have got a bit of that confidence knocked out the week before against the Chiefs. Ball. Yeah, you're probably right there. The one of the points Ben Dyne pointed out again was there was nine changes in between those two games. You're like, look, with a team that's come together about two weeks or three weeks before the start of Super Rugby, you find it, you think of who your best 15 is and you stick with it for as long as possible. Don't go making changes. You, you, it's not a squad game for a Barbarians team. It's a first 15 game. Um, yeah. If you're going to make that many changes, uh, then, then, you're, then you're, in, you're in trouble, I'm afraid. So the... Um, so, yeah, so I think there's some coaching issues there with the the Sunwolves because they I say in week one they looked really they looked like they were enjoying their rugby and were being given a license to, to, to play. Um, that's we say that's gone away now. Mm. Um, the the Reds, the Reds were at a point a minute up until the 50 minute mark. I thought that we I thought we, we, we might be seeing an 80, um, but they kind of faded off in the last half hour. Um, I, did it matter? Pardon me, no, but um, we just keep, keep an eye on the Reds and, and see if they've got the stamina to play a full 80 minutes because they didn't, they didn't do that. They didn't need to do that at the weekend. Yeah. Um, after that, we had the um, Stormers versus the Haguaris over in South Africa. Jeez, um, I've only seen the highlights of this one, which basically means I've seen about um, 60 seconds of the first half um, that finished 3-0. At half time, uh, but, uh, yeah. So the, the highlights for that for, from the highlights package were kicking a goal and a yellow card. That was the highlights from from, from the first half. So, um, not the um, and turnovers. Twelve by the Stormers, but twenty by the Haguaris. Uh, that probably tells you where where where, where the Haguaris lost this game. Yeah, very much. This game kind of reminded me of the. Hurricane Stormers game, very very first uh, first game where uh, uh, that game the Stormers had a big lead in the half time, at half time, but only scored ten points in the second half. Now they listen at the fifty fourth minute. I think the game was pretty much done and dusted. Although credit to the Stormers, the the, the, the did throw a lot a lot at them in the last twenty minutes or so, and the Stormers defence held very very strong, but. Um, I think even they'd be pretty, even they'd be probably disappointed with that. What only three tries in the game, I think, Paul. So uh, no, not not a lot of happening. And and to be honest, if you'd um, if you got up to watch that game, you probably would have been asking that age-old question. Well, I'll leave you with that age-old statement. That's 80 minutes. I'm never going to get back. Yeah, I, I did get up. I was watching Italy versus Scotland instead. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> at the same time, um, yeah, you got to say that this was. Um, a Stormers, a, 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 this this Stormers side has got a very good defence. They've mm. given up nearly, uh, they've given up the least amount of points so far this season. Um, the, the Crusaders have given up nearly twice as many. They're the second best defence. So, look, 
Um, they're, they're definitely a defence-orientated side. Um, and we, and, they, they, and they, they scored from an intercept um, and, then a, then, and then a good try, uh, which basically won the game. But, um, yeah, it, it's their defence that's winning games at the moment. Yeah, Paul, it is. I, I, my only concern from them, you know, I, I, how far how far is that style of play going to take you into competition? I know a very good friend of the show, Herman, um, basically uh, may have had them as, uh, as, as his favourites to take out the, the competition. Boy, it's a lot of rounds to be a, a defensive team, Paul. Because once somebody, once, and it does happen sometimes, we see that with these very good defensive teams and, and all of a sudden somebody finds the key to unlock them and it's 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 basically all, all all of a sudden they break their standards. They are gonna when it comes to the tougher games, or even let's see what what happens when they go on tour. Paul, they are gonna have to they are gonna have to score some points, which is sort of contrary contrary to the Sharks, who will, will leak a lot of points, but boy they'll score a lot of points. So as we all know, if a team's got points in them, it's quite easy to fix that defence. And, and the Sharks have got their tour out the way early on. The Storms is later, and their, and their one is Chiefs, Crusaders, Brumbies, and then the Sunwolves. So that's poss- that, that's the three hardest games they could possibly have um, for their tour. So, yep, um, very uh, very very, diff- very very difficult to um, uh, for, for them. But they won it 17-7. They're the only team now that's won all their games, uh, and they yeah they're going really strong. With the Blues up next weekend, yeah, I think we'll be seeing them going five and zero. Lastly, uh, the Bulls versus the Blues. Um, boy, it was a wet game, <laughs> and that pitch ripped up something chronic, didn't it? Oh, it it, it sort of it didn't didn't look great. It, it, it obviously kept a, it obviously kept a lot of the local locals away. And mm. uh, actually, the irony, irony of it, the Blues two victories have, have been in, in conditions where there's been a, a bit of. Uh, pre- Precipitation around, which is which is a bit unusual. So, asking the question, are they, are they better in wet weather than they are in, in dry weather? Um, but I, I think the thing that I, you know, for me, the highlight of this of this game was the uh, try scored by by Pirafetta. Under those conditions, the catch by uh, by Matt, Matt Duffy, and we all know how good he is or can be under the high ball, was just really quite sensational under the conditions. No, absolutely. Um... The um, but what really amazed me was you got Ruru kicking off at the beginning of the game. You've got a Terry Black, Plummer, and Perifetta on there. You've got three fly halves on there, and Ruru, the scrum half, is taking is is, is taking your restarts. Are you like what? Anyway, um, uh, Paul, I actually saw that in the uh, I saw that I saw that in the Crusaders. Game as well, and I and I, I found it really surprised. I, I mean to say, that's not a skill set. I personally, I'd, I'd be more happy with, with him working more on his high box kicks as opposed to his kickoffs. That's what your first lines are for, especially if those, especially if those younger first fives harbour any sort of ambition of playing playing at another level. Well, they're playing at this level for much longer. Um, <laughs> put bluntly, um, and I saw saw a couple of comments by Bulls fans saying how if, yeah if, that if. Um, Mornay Stern had made his kicks. Look, Mornay Stern hit 80% of his kicks at sticks. The Blues hit 50% of theirs. So, look, the, <laughs> the Blues left points out on the pitch, um, very much so, as they scrambled home um, in this one. So, the, um, yeah, it's, uh, the, uh, it's, it, it's, it's bad. It's, 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 well, 
it's it's very things are very bad for the Bulls. Um, and so I mean, we also have four yellow cards in this one actually, so we probably, probably should run through those. Um, taking someone out of the air, yep, fine with that. Um, the so that's, that's that one was fine. Um, the Ordendal one, look, they were both bending over a lot, yes, but Ordendal, what he has to do is look up when he's tackling. At the moment, he's looking down when he's tackling. So once he's gone into a tackle, he's, he's he, he can't he, he can't see what's happening and change around and, and change what he's doing. Um, he's once he's so he needs to keep his eyes up so he can actually see what he's tackling. Because at the moment, it's just eyes down, throws throws body in, um, and he's and sometimes the situation's going to change and he's going to get himself in trouble. And that's what happened um, uh, in, in in this one. Um, the um, Taleo, uh, I guess, is, uh, sorry, any, any comments on the other calls before I move on from those? Oh, no, listen, the, the only thing, what both, both the learnings that both of these teams will take from these yellow cards, in all these cases, there were tries, and well, at least three of the cards that were tries scored, there were tries basically scored after those, those yellow cards were, were given out. Um, I don't really know if the uh, Blues really took full advantage, though, when the um, when the Bulls were down to 13 players, though. No, true. Um, a player who is looking good, though, is Talia, um, out in the wing for the Blues. Uh, he's having a good game, a, a, a good season um, at the moment, which is which which which, which is great to see. Um, the uh, and a player who unfortunately isn't, didn't have a good, uh, good game was Lebok, who came on um, and missed touch three times in a row. And if you're going to be giving up that amount of of, 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 uh, of territory, then yeah, you're not you, your forwards are going to be having words with you later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking speaking of forwards, I thought once again, I thought Tom Robinson just a bundle of energy, isn't he? Mm. Isn't he, Paul? And I thought he was very good in the pack. And uh, gee, Hoskins the two two. A little bit of talk uh, doing the rounds, and, and by the way, he's a little bit of a, a scoop for you. I've um, through a, through a contact, I believe um, Akira Yuani is in talks with the Hurricanes. Um, so there's there's an interesting, but why should we be surprised with the way Hoskins Satutu is going going at the moment? And I think we've all said for a very long time, maybe a change of scenery is the best thing for Akira Yuani. Yeah, Hoskins Satutu. Look, everyone's like he's come from nowhere. Um, not really. About halfway through the Auckland season uh, during Meisterson Cup, he got ahead of Akiriwani for Auckland um, in the MPC. So uh, he's just carrying that form on, pardon me, from last season. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not just the Blues coaches. I mean, some, I see some articles say, oh, he went well in the pre-season, therefore that's when he, when he got ahead of Akiriwani. Uh, 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 that shows you rugby scribes who, who did not follow um, Meisterson Cup because he, he got ahead of Akiriwani back then. Um and had a really good season at minor ten. So, um, and that, and that shows you the the, um, the the worth of that minor ten cup um, pieces. Players like Satutu, um, Nariki, who we mentioned for uh, the Highlanders, etc. These are guys who have uh, shown it at the minor ten cup level and then earned their their, their Super Rugby place from that. Um, and now and now they're starting off the back of some some good performances there. So the minor ten is is definitely worth. Um, it's waiting gold, even though there are rumours that it's uh, going to be getting a revamp in the next season or two. Paul, just a, a, a quick thing. I know uh, there was a bit of talk before this game about uh, Leon McDonald using the, 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 the three the three pivots 
um, with obviously Otere Black, Plummer and Perifeta. I actually thought Perifeta actually looked better at, at, at fullback than he has at first five. I'm really not sure. I'm not convinced second that five. that Plummer looked good at, at second five. Uh, to be to be brutally honest, I think defensively got caught out a couple oh, of times. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Perifeta, I'm happy at fifteen. Uh, absolutely, but this, the, yeah, this, this, this trend between Plummer at twelve and also um, Iwani at twelve. So I was thinking of Iwani when I, when I, when I try to correct you. Those sort of players, yeah, no, not to me. They're, they're not. Um, they're not twelves. They don't have the bulk um, to handle the handle the the traffic that comes their way. Um, they are tens, very much so. Uh, who can also play fifteen? To be fair, both both. I mean, um, uh, Iwani can play. Um, uh, 12 as well so sorry 15 as well um but uh, yeah there does seem to be this this uh what i think we're seeing is certain um franchises are very thin in certain positions now i think using the franchises across the board are, are pretty thin at lock um but if you look at auckland the they had it they, they've got well they've only really got three centers um on their books um, which is, a, uh, sorry, as, as in first, second five eights and, and centres. So three midfielders on their books. Um, so I was talking northern tongue there, saying centres. Um, a player like Manu down at the Highlanders, sorry, down at the Chiefs, why he didn't move up to the Blues, I really don't understand. Plays for Auckland, um, you could, he could see Tapai coming through, he could see Nankville playing well, uh, Antonant Brown in there. They've just, got, they're, they're, they've just got a lot of very good um, midfielders. Uh, and yeah, the, the uneven distribution of midfielders of, of, of certain positions across the franchises isn't helping the players or the teams. No, I, I, listen, I agree there. There was also there was also talk before the uh, the beginning of the season that we might see uh, Rico Yuari mm. rolled out in the midfield. So I'm starting. I am starting to wonder if we we're going to see that because. Uh, uh, Duffy had a very good game, and, and listen, I think Talia's locked down one of those wing positions for the rest of the season. I, he, he's been very impressive. So, is there a good chance we might see a Kiriyawani jump into that 13 jersey? I think so. I think they have to. I think he has to purely on the, the fact that they just don't have enough players to play thir- 12 and 13. Um, and Joe Marchant's done very well at 13, but he's not going to play every single game. Um, and I, I'm not. Sure. I'd be interested to see whether he whether they think he can play 12 as well. Um, Joe Marchant has, has has fitted in very well, having come down from um, the uh, uh, the Harlequins in um, the Harlequins, just Harlequins. Jeez, um, in, <laughs> I'm sounding very American there. The Harlequins, the Bath. Um, the um, so the, sorry. Uh, so yes, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see if they, they try him at twelve or not. Um, but yeah, he's 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 done very well and looks to be enjoying his time down here in New Zealand. Yeah, he's looked. I've been impressed with him. I look a bit tidy. I know he's got his. Is critics because you know that age-old question gets asked: Oh, why are they why aren't they looking sort of within and looking around at talent around? Well, the reality is <laughs> there wasn't much to pick from the northern region in, the, in those midfield areas. So, uh, and you know, we, we mentioned uh, uh, Tuamanu, who unfortunately is locked up with the Chiefs. Um, listen, the next season I'd be all over him, a player mm. of his, of his, because they won't they won't have much and. Next year, so he's only signed a one one year deal, so you've got to replace somebody. And I do not think Harry Plummer is a midfielder. No. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for um, joining me, Stephen. Uh, the big chief asks: Is Ardy making the code switch to league? Um, well, that's the sort of stuff we'll be talking about tomorrow night on Hash Rugby Chat. 
Um, so do join us at 8 p.m. on the channel um, for House Rugby Chat. We'll be talking about all the kind of rugby things that are not happening that are happening off the field, and that is certainly one of them. Um, you can see our Twitter handles here on the screen. So do come and have a chat with us during the week, um, and also down below, hit that subscribe and hit that bell so you don't miss any shows um, going forward. Finally, my predictions for the next round of Super Bowl will be coming out this evening, probably in about uh, uh, two hours' time, I think it is. So check out drivingmore.com for that as well. Thank you, Stephen. No problems. Pleasure. Good night, all. <laughs>